I believe I have um, a, a prophetic word today from Scripture. Um, and in looking at certain scriptures in a way that you may not have seen it before, and, and even from a, just from, a, from an end times perspective, and even from a, a salvation of the Jewish people perspective. Because let's face it, we're a messianic Jewish congregation. Sometimes you got to talk about Israel and the Jewish people. It ain't all about how he loves you, even though it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're, I'm going to start uh, speaking, and um, before I get to this week's Torah portion, for those that are new here, I just have to say, there is something about the Torah, the five books of Moses, that, are, that have a depth that it's amazing that it's become like the, the least read book in the Bible because of the misconception that it was all just kind of done away with. So if you look at it through the eyes of that, it's not, it's so much more than just a book of do's and don'ts. Yeshua did, period. But if you dig deep into these things, you're going to find amazing revelations about who he is, about who Yeshua is, about who you are in him, about who he is and wants to be in you. It is an amazing thing that this, 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 this part of the Bible has been sort of like buried for 2,000 years. But we are in the time that God has resurrected the word of God. The word that existed, the word that the New Testament writers only knew as the word. We are in a generation of latter reigns. We are in a generation of latter reigns. There's always the former reign and the latter reign. There's what he did, and then, and it's, but there's something greater about what he wants to do. And we are in the generation of the latter reigns. Adonai is revealing himself in ways that have been kept secret for generations. So I'm going to start talking about, before we get into this Torah portion, I'm going to reverse engines and I'm going to go back to a time even before Moses existed. And I'm going to be talking about a little bit of a story about our ancestor Yaakov, in English, Jacob, and his uh, hairy brother Esau. See, Esau and Jacob had contention. They were brothers. They were both sons of Abraham, but they had contention. They didn't get along. But Jacob was the child of promise, and Esau did not appreciate that. And eventually they had to part ways. But Jacob, who was named Israel... Went about his life, he got a wife, he got another wife, got another wife, got another wife, had a whole bunch of kids, struggled in his life. He says that his numbers were, were, were not many. It's amazing. He says that at the end of his life, my numbers aren't many. He lived to over 100, I think. And they were hard, difficult. He had a tough life. 
It was a tough season in the wilderness for Jacob. Struggled with his, uh, his, his extended family, struggled with Lavan, Laban. But then, at the point in time that Adonai says it's time, Jacob, Yaakov, Israel, was told by God, go back, go to the land of your fathers. Do you understand there is a time always when the Jewish people, Israel, are in the wilderness, but then there's the time that the word says, go back to the land of your fathers. There's, what, that, what is that, that doesn't get an amen? amen? Boy, you're all sleeping. There is a time that Israel is told by God, go back to the land of your fathers. And if we see that in the story of Jacob and Esau, there was like 25 years or something like that, that Jacob didn't even see Esau. Esau went his own way. Jacob fled all those years ago, had his life. And then it says that the, the Lord told him to go back to the land of his father's. But as he went back to the land of his father, it said he needed to cross the territory of Edom. Edom is the territory of Esau. Esau was named Edom. Esau, Edom, same thing. Not Edom, that type of Edom. All right. That's falling way over my head too much. Okay, I'm going to go keep my list today. So Jacob had to go back to the land of his fathers, and right in the middle of his journey to the land of his father, he had to go to the land of his brother, who he was scared of, who he hasn't seen in 20-something years, but he had to go through it. From, the, from here to there, he was no way of going around the territory of Edom. And he prayed to God, and he wrestled with God, and he says, oh my gosh, I saw the face of God, and I lived. And he finally went, to, he finally went through it, and he, I mean, he was so chicken, he sent his family first. He said, the ones I hate the most go first, because you'll get killed. I mean, it's just a wimpy kind of strategy here to save his own butt and have everybody else go first. And then it was time. And he became face-to-face, he was face-to-face with his brother, Esau, the other son of Abraham, who he always saw as an enemy, who was always hard on him, who originally wanted to kill him. But this other son of Abraham, Esau, once they were face-to-face, Esau embraced him and cried on his shoulder. And Israel said to, Je- to Esau, seeing you, seeing you is seeing the face of God. You see, back then he was wrestling with God. And we see that even as almost an incarnation of Yeshua. And he wrestled 
with this incarnation of God. And then after the wrestling match was over, he said, I saw the face of God. But that was a foreshadow of something because when he saw the other sons of Abraham, who he always saw as an enemy, who treated him with love and with kindness and embraced him as we've been speaking about, he said, now what I got in the wrestling match with the face of God now I see what happened. Seeing you is seeing the face of God. Seeing the kindness that I received from my brother, the other son of Abraham, who I always viewed as my enemy, treated me with love on my way back to the land of my father. Prophetically, when the Jews come back to Messiah... They will be face to face with the other sons of Abraham. The body of Messiah, who they always viewed as the enemy, who in times past were their enemy. But they, have, they will be called by God, just like he went to Jacob and said, it is time to go back to the land of your fathers. The time has come. And on the route to the land of their father, they will encounter the body of Messiah. In fact, if you take the word Esau in Hebrew, Esav, and you intermingle the words, and you take out the Yud, which is, no, and you add the Yud, you add the Yud to it, which is God. You know how like when Hosea was turned to Yehoshua, it was the Hebrew letter Yud that was added. That's the, the word in front of yud heh vav heh Yahweh, Yah, that's, that's the Yud. So if you take the Yud, the, 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 the letter of God, add it to the name Esau, intermingle the letters, you know what name you get? Yeshua. The Hebrew word Yeshua is Esau intermingled. So there is a mystery in this Esau. The one, the other son of Abraham, who the one, the chosen one, always saw as the enemy. But in the time that God called him back home to the land of his fathers, he's got to go face to face with him. And that brother will show Israel kindness. And through that experience, they will say, I see the face of God. They will see Yeshua. The fulfillment of really who Esau is because his name gets twisted and the, and the, the God letter Yod goes on him. Fast forward to this week's Torah portion. It's tough to realize. You don't realize when you read the Torah portion that since last week or the week before, 40 years or 39 years have passed. Two weeks ago, the spies went into the land. They came back with the bad report. God said, none of this generation are entering. It is another generation that will enter. Two weeks later, it's actually 40 years later. And in this Torah portion, it says, now this is the end again of their wilderness journey. Remember Jacob, he had his wilderness journey and God called him to the land of his fathers. Now it's after 40 years in this Torah portion, 40 years of wandering. 
And it says they were at the border of Edom. Again. The place that is the border of Edom that they were at is called Kadesh, which is the Hebrew word that means holy. Holiness, Kadosh. Holy. And they went to Edom. Esau, the territory of Esau, the descendants of Esau. And they said, we need to pass through your territory. It's exactly the same thing that happened with Jacob. He needed to pass through the territory of Esau to get to the land of his fathers. And here they are. They knocked on the door. They said, we just want to stay on the king's highway, it says. The king's highway. The Hebrew is derech hamelech. The king, literally the way of the king. Yeshua is the way. Yeshua is the king. The highway is in Edom. The body of Messiah. The Gentile body of Messiah. So for the second time, Israel, en route to the promised land, en route to the kingdom, they have to intersect with Edom Esau, who I believe is a foreshadow of the church. In this Torah portion, they went to the kingdom of Edom and said, can we pass through on the king's highway? And Edom said, no. Go around. Go around. They did that because it was not time. It was not time for Esau, the foreshadow of the body of Messiah, to say, come through. So I ask of you, when the Lord calls the Jewish people back to the land of their fathers, and they're at your border, the border that's called Kadesh, holiness, and they, say, and they need to go through to get to the promised land, will you say, come through, or will you say, go around? This was something that was meant to be at that time because that generation was meant to pass the baton to Joshua who represents the latter reigns, who represents Yeshua. That generation was not the generation that would be kind to the Jewish people, but that generation is now. The children of Israel on their way back to Yeshua, the king's highway, must Go through the kingdom of Esau, which is the name Yeshua, inter, inter, you know, flipped around. And when they do, will they be let through? And when they go through, what will they see? Will they be treated with kindness? And will they be treated with hugs where they will say, seeing your face is seeing the face of God. And I tell you right now, you can go out there with as many tracks as you want and telling them that they're going to hell and that they got to believe in Jesus to go to heaven. It hasn't worked too much for 2,000 years. But the, the, the remedy to this is what happened with Jacob. Seeing your face is seeing the face of God. I tell you this right now, that your role in the salvation of Israel is to be 
the face of God to them. I'm telling you, this is not your normal evangelism. This is not the street evangelism. God bless that. I'm a supporter of it. But when you see Israel as a whole come to the Lord, it will be through their intersection with the spiritual fulfillment of Esau, the one who was their enemy, the other son of Abraham, who showed them kindness, and they said, seeing your face is seeing the face of God. See, you think you're in a messianic synagogue. I don't even know why you're in a messianic synagogue. See, God is always doing something greater than what you think. He's always doing something greater than what you think. I was just talking to, to Nate on the phone the other day. And you know what Nate's doing? I, I'm telling you, the guy's been like, you know, the guy just absorbs and absorbs and absorbs. He's, he's working, he's at his job, and he's listening to like all the old podcasts. And, and including the podcasts from Rabbi Peter all those years ago. And it came to my spirit. And I started to weep. Because when I first came to Mishkan David, oh, 10 years ago, 10.5 years ago, what was there was just what I needed at that time. But God revealed to me when I was talking to Nate, he said, what I did 10 years ago was for him. He wasn't even, what was he, 12 back then? <laughs> he never heard of Mishkan David. God knows where he was. I don't know. God does know where he was in his life 10 years ago. I don't know. But what was happening here back then when Susie and I first came, we were like, this is just for us. And the Spirit agreed with that. What I realized through talking to Nate is that God was doing things for him back then. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's always doing things greater than what you think. It doesn't just begin and end with you. He is the God who was, who is, and who is to come. And you could say like the God who is has done all these wonderful things to me, but he's only just begun. And not just with you, because seed perpetuates. Good seed perpetuates. Good seed perpetuates. It's not just for you to receive the nutrient and become this beautiful fruit tree. Other people start eating the fruit. It perpetuates. So you think like, oh, why am I here? Well, I'm learning all this, and it's all for me, and I'm learning or whatever it is. And, you know, it's, it's so much beyond. It's so much beyond. It's so much beyond. And when you see a plan of the Lord for the church, the body of Messiah, to be the face of God, to those who've been without a nation for thousands of years, people group that just never had a home, and to say, you can come through here. Come through my territory. 
the king's highway, the way of the king, goes through you. And he is the way. And this is the way. Hallelujah. In this Torah portion, there is so much of Yeshua hidden in this Torah portion. This is the Torah portion when the children of Israel were grumbling and snakes started to come and bite them. So God told Moses to take a pole and, and create a, a bronze snake on the pole and lift it up. And the people will see this and be healed. The, you, you must understand how challenging this is theologically. I mean, it's Ten Commandment number two. Don't make a, car, a graven image of anything above or below. It, it doesn't even make logical sense. He's, he's telling to do something that's, that's sinful, it seems. And he says, look upon it and be healed. And even Yeshua said in the book of John as he was talking to Nicodemus, he said, I must be lifted up. But that thing, that snake on the pole, if you keep reading the Bible, because Yeshua, there's so many levels. When Yeshua says, I am this, you better look at everything that that thing is. Because when he says something, it may just not be face value. There's levels that he's talking about. And if you read in, in, in the prophet, in the, in the book of Kings with, with Hezekiah, do you know that that thing was still around? And he had to destroy it because it became an idol. And they gave it a name, Nehushtan. And he had to destroy this thing. In this way, the Spirit of God is saying that Yeshua, Jesus, has become something else. And anything that is really not biblical, if there is a theology out there, a church theology, that just is not right, that's going to be, have to be destroyed to bring it back to where the Jews will look upon it and be healed. Because it's not Christianity that they will walk through. It will be der derech hamelech, the way of the king. The highway of the king. And are you willing when you're here to say, you know, I've been taught all this stuff in, in, in the church, but, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to embrace my heritage. Because if the way of the king does not include the way that God instructed the children of Israel to live, they won't recognize him. The church is still Joseph dressed like an Egyptian. The church is still Joseph, dressed like an Egyptian. Messianic Judaism is Joseph taking off the, re the Egyptian garments and saying to his brothers, I am Joseph. I am your brother. Don't even argue about what happened. It was all for good, for deliverance. Are you willing to help to remove the Egyptian garments from Joseph. 
the brother who was outcast and became a leader over a Gentile nation. But in the end, a starving and thirsty Israel had to be confronted with that one. And he took off his Egyptian garments and said, Ani Yosef, I am Joseph. I am your brother. While you are here, are you willing to take the Egyptian garments off of Joseph? So if they see the snake on the pole, like Yeshua said, he must be lifted up like that, it's actually what brought healing and not something idolatrous. In this week's Torah portion, we find that Moses hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. Yeshua says in, in, in uh, Corinthians, he said the rock is Messiah. So the rock in the beginning of the story was hit. Yeshua was hit and died for our sins. And water came out. At the end, the water was supposed to come out through speaking. But Moses hit again because it wasn't the time yet. But the time is coming when the children of Israel will fulfill what Moses didn't and they will speak to the rock. And water will come out. The rock lives in you. He's not meant to be hit again. That happened once. That's why Moses was allowed to hit the rock. That represents Yeshua dying. Water comes out. Living water comes out. The spirit comes out. But there is a time when this will be fulfilled. Moses speak to the rock. The Jewish people will speak to the rock. It will happen. In this Torah portion, we have the red heifer. It's the only thing that cleanses you of death. Yeshua is the only one that cleanses us from death. So the red heifer must foreshadow Yeshua. Because if the red heifer is the only thing that cleanses you from death, and Yeshua is the only thing that cleanses you from death, there must be a foreshadow of Yeshua there. And in, in, in the red heifer story, you, are, you have to be sprinkled by this, the ashes of the red heifer on the third day. What happened on the third day? And on the seventh day. What is the seventh day? Shabbat. It is the intersection of the third day revelation of Messiah and Shabbat, which represents Torah. It is the sprinkling of the together, the combination of that, that brings the, 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 the cure from death, as it says in Romans, as it says in Romans, if their rejection was salvation, how much more will their acceptance be but life from the dead? The resurrection, the future resurrection, the kingdom of God is laced with the Jewish people recognizing the Messiah. And I tell you now, for whatever reason you think you're here, the greater reason you are here is because the day is coming when Israel will be confronted with the church and say, I am at the border of your territory. Will they say, go around, or will they say, come on through? 
and they will say, come on through, because that is prophecy. And the children of Israel will look upon your face and say, seeing you is seeing the face of God. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here. So do much more than hand out tracks. Be the track. Be the track. Be the track. I mean, that's a word really that, that should give us pause about anyone. If any child of God is the, on their route from the wilderness to the kingdom, any child of God is on route from the wilderness to the kingdom, and they come to the border of your territory, will you say come in, or will you say go around? And that should give all of us pause, because we all, are in, we all meet people on their way, every one of us, on their journey from the wilderness to the kingdom. And when they're at your border of Kadesh holiness, will you say, come on in, pass through, or will you say, go around? So we thank you, Adonai. Chris, will you come forward and start to play? Blessed is the name of the Lord. Blessed is the name of the Lord.